Hey everybody and welcome to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 22. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. Recording this on Thursday, which means Round 22 kicks off tonight. We're going to get into all the action shortly. We've got plenty to talk about. The battle for the final two positions in the top eight is really heating up. Seventh and eighth position. Teams like the Knights, the Sharks, the Raiders and the Titans all very much in contention. Last round was a big round uh, in that battle and also... In the battle for the top four, the Parramatta Eels are now just clinging on to fourth position after a 40-12 defeat at the hands of the Rabbitohs last week. Despite both teams coming off losses, both the Roosters and the Manly Seagulls are primed and ready to try to take this four, uh, top four spot out of the hands of me, uh, out of the hands of Parramatta. So it's a huge game this weekend against Manly and Parramatta uh, with, you know, Big top four implications, so, uh, you know, four weeks out from the finals, it's time, it's the business end of the season, we'll see how we go, it's it's time to get excited for this final series, hope you guys are all staying safe out there, all over Australia, with all the current lockdown situations at the moment, if you're in New South Wales, it looks like this lockdown may be extended to November, so, hope you guys are staying safe, on the plus side, it probably means you got more time to watch NRL and get excited for this final series. So let's get into the round shortly. Before I do, if you didn't listen to the podcast last week, it finally happened. After all this time, I finally predicted in 2021 a perfect round. And we're going to go for two in a row this week. I was very happy with the upset of the week that I predicted. The Warriors beating the Sharks on a Saturday afternoon. I think they're paying about three seventy-five. That's the second time my bet of the week has gotten up, and I've given you two really good upsets last two weeks. I mean, I predicted the Roosters beating the Eels in round twenty, and they did that pretty easily. I think I've got another upset on the cards for you guys this week. So uh, stay tuned, uh, especially for my bet of the week. I think I think it's a it's a good one. So uh, anyway, let's get to the action of round twenty-two. As I said, it's heating up. It's time. We're ready to go. We're primed for a big finals run, and so a lot of these teams. Let's get all get. Let's get to all the action, and it all kicks off tonight from 7:50 p.m. And the action of round 22 all kicks off tonight at the Sunshine Coast Stadium from 7:50 p.m. when the Melbourne Storm take on the Canberra Raiders. The Storm they were tested for the first time in a long time last weekend against Manly, but they responded well. They were down at one point in that game, but really the professionalism. And that X-Factor really got him home against the courageous Manly side. But that's a game that we're definitely going to be looking forward to if they do cross paths in the finals. They're close to history, the Melbourne Storm. No one in the history of Australian Rugby League uh, in the last 113 years since the game started in 1908 has ever won 20 games in a row. Melbourne have now won 17 matches in a row. So they're going for history. They've got three more games to get there. Tonight, they're versing a Canberra Raiders side who are clinging to 8th spot. They need a win to keep themselves in touch with the top 8. It's been a really tough um, a tough couple of weeks for them, and the slow starts have, have cost them. I mean, they got the win last week against the Dragons, but it wasn't convincing, and you really got to start worrying if they're going to fall into some old patterns, um, the Raiders they had early in the year, and kind of... Uh, phase out of this finals race in the next few weeks so um you don't want them to fizzle out you want them to keep going if you're a Canberra Raiders fan but it's got to start tonight it's a big game against the Storm you look at their side and for me they they do welcome back a few stars here the Raiders Bailey Simonson and Dominus Luai coming to the side but when you look at these two sides on paper versing each other the Storm they've just it looks like they're just completely outclassed 
Canberra all across the board. And I really worry about Canberra's the outside backs. They've got the likes of Bailey Simonson, uh, Timiko, and Harley Smith-Shields. All of those guys don't have too much first-grade experience. And I think that the a master coach in Craig Bellamy will find ways to expose them. And for me, yeah, they're, they're outside backs and, and their halves, um, in particular, Jack Wyden and Sam Williams, all haven't been able to uh, play their best football this year. And I just think that their game management, Wyden and Williams, haven't really lit the world on fire this year. Wyden's running game hasn't been as good as it has prior. And if he can get that, you know, the Raiders are going to be a real chance. If he can get that back and form that form back and that confidence back, they're going to be a real chance uh, of sneaking into the eight. But this game just seems to me that like it's beyond their reach, especially at this point of the season. Melbourne are getting primed for a finals run. Ryan Paverhausen played a lot more minutes um, last week from the bench. And Harry Greenwich, Green is playing some great form, uh, playing in great form since he returned from injury. Him and Brendan Smith, that combination, that one-two punch that they've got out of dummy half, it makes it very hard for any team to you know, kind of clock off at all in defense because those two guys will spot the weakness and that's what Craig Bellamy does so well as the Melbourne coach as well. But they'll spot an, uh, a weakness in the defensive line and take advantage of it. They're so quick and so uh, lethal out of dummy half that it's hard for any team to get contain, and especially when you look at this Canberra Raiders side and how big their forward pack is, I think they might struggle uh, when the game opens up a little bit more, about 20 to 30 minutes into the contest. I expect the Storm to get out to an early lead. As I said, the Raiders, they haven't started games off well in the last couple of weeks. They were down 8-0 against the Dragons, and Newcastle blew them off the park a fortnight ago. So, uh, they didn't start this game well if they're any chance, but I expect the Raiders to to kind of fizzle out as this game continues. I think Melbourne will get to a, an early 18 to 24 point lead, probably in the first half. And it will just be what, it'll be a real test for Canberra and see if they've got anything um, to give to try to get back in this game. But I just think the Melbourne Storm are too strong. They're true, too professional. They're looking towards greater things, but they're not underestimating the Raiders. And they're going to stay focused on the job and get it done tonight. I've got the Storm by 24 points uh, to start round 22. Friday Night Football kicks off from 6pm at Suncorp Stadium, the first of a double header up there, and the Dragons will host the Penrith Panthers. The Dragons, were well, there in 11th spot, and their season has gone pear-shaped since the whole barbecue incident. We don't really need to get too much into that. I'm sure you guys have heard all about that over the last month or two, but they have not won a game since that incident happened. They found themselves in a position to beat Canberra last week, but couldn't go on with the job. Ben Hunt, uh, of course, he's been a big loss for him. Corey Norman and Adam Clune are the halves this week, and Jack Bird retains his spot as starting fullback last week. Um, I don't think that role suited him, and I don't know why they're persisting with it. Jack Bird seems uh, like a... Well, he is a great runner of the football, but his job isn't to beat the opposition, and really... When he's running it back from fullback, he's just getting stopped by the first or second defender and not really throwing much in the way of kick returns. So I'd probably have him in the forwards or in the centres. They've got to find some position for him over the next 12 months uh, for sure um, that he can kind of stay at full time. But for me, um, the Dragons, I said it a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if they're going to win another game for the rest of the season and they're versing a Penrith Panthers side. That really played well against the Roosters last week. They shook off that loss against Melbourne. They recovered well, and they uh, are really in a good position to start getting back to what we saw early in the year, the best football before finals. Now, 
Nathan Clear has been named in the 21 jersey, but I'm hearing from reports that today that he will be playing tomorrow night, which just makes him even more lethal. Tavita Pengai Jr. just has to, has to pass, the, I believe, a COVID test, and he will take his spot as well. So they've got so many troops back this week. The Dragons, for me, they just... As I said, they, they seem to be in games sometimes and, and out other times, and I just don't think, looking at this lineup, that this is the best lineup they could be naming. Zach Lomax in the centres has not been receiving enough football. Norman and Clune, I worry about their game management. And, you know, they've got a workhorse team, the Dragons, but a team that doesn't really offer much in the way of uh, in the way of attack, and I just think Penrith are going to make them suffer, um, especially considering the explosiveness they have all around the park. They get Viliami Kikia back as well. Crichton's back in the lineup this week. So um, I just expect a one-way domination, and I think that the Dragons, they conceded 50 against CR Sydney a couple of weeks ago. I can see this going a very similar way. I just think that the Panthers have way too much uh, spark, and I just don't know if the Dragons are going to be up for this one, considering the fact that they have really uh, looked unmotivated since that whole barbecue incident. So I've got the Panera Panthers by 40 in this point uh, in this game, and I expect them to get to 50 points at some point during the match. Second part of the double header from Suncourt Stadium on Friday night sees the Brooklyn Broncos uh, head up against the Sydney Roosters. The Broncos, they're really in matches recently, and they're playing some good football under Kevin Walters. I think there's a lot of positive signs for them, especially heading into 2022. But the Roosters, on the other hand, it doesn't matter who you've been putting in this side. They just keep on the way to lift and um, do the job and, and get the wins. And they find themselves in a position where they can potentially make the top four now. However, this week they find themselves without their two pretty much forward leaders this year, and Angus Crichton, who's been suspended for three weeks following a crosser tackle, and Jared Rohirak Hargraves, who has just been having a rest. I think that his body um, is starting to deteriorate as this season goes on, and he needs to freshen up before finals time, so they've given him a bit of a break as well. They also uh, welcome in Dale Copley for the second week. He did a good job last week, but he finds himself as a mid-season transfer. So the Roosters... They're fighting with merely for that fourth spot at the moment, but they can't take this Brisbane side lightly because Brisbane found themselves yet again like they did against Penrith a few weeks ago in a hole against Newcastle. They weren't playing good football, but they managed to fight themselves back in the game. And I think in front of their home crowd up there at Suncorp, they're going to be a challenge again. Um, Tyson Gamble this week will be partnering with Albert Kelly because Brodie Croft's got an earlier uh, release over to the Super League and let's be honest, since he debuted uh, back in 2017 with the Melbourne Storm, a lot of people thought that Croft was going to be the next Cooper Cronk there. Obviously, it didn't work out, and I think that the change of scenery over in the Super League is going to do wonders for Croft. Hopefully, he can get his career back on track over there and, and play some good football and then find himself, himself back in the NRL later on because he's still young enough to do it. But... Um, for me, it was a change that was needed, and especially if Adam Reynolds coming into the side next year, you've got to think that um, the Broncos would not have found a spot for him, especially considering how much of a competitor Tyson Gamble's been for this Brisbane side this year. He's been one of their best players without a doubt. So, um, Also reports this week that Danny Levi will be fighting for a new contract. Now, I know there's some great Danny Levi fans out in this in this. Uh, this community that we've built here for Steve's NRL Footy Tips. Some of my mates love the bloke and, and can't get enough of him. Well, let me tell you, um, 
He's going to need a big month of football if he's going to get re-signed from this Brisbane side. The thing that's helping him is they don't really have a genuine number nine. I mean, they've got uh, Turpin and Corey Pax, but none of them are really being able to cement a first-grade spot, so that might give hope for Denny Levi, for you Denny Levi lovers out there. Um, he, he's got a chance of getting a, a contract next year, but for me, the Broncos will be in the fight for a majority of this game, but I just expect the Roosters to be a bit too strong in the key moments. I've got the Roosters by eight points in this game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think, and it's really going to heat up um, the, the battle for the top four, especially considering that Manly and Parramatta play each other um, on Saturday night. So the Roosters, if they can get the win over the Broncos here on Friday night, they're going to be plenty motivated to do that. They can find themselves in the box seat to potentially get that fourth spot, which is so important because you get two chances come finals time. All right, let's continue the round now. We're up to my favorite time of the week, Super Saturday. Love it. Three games, um, back to back to back. And obviously a few weeks ago, we didn't have a Super Saturday. The NRL got canceled and what a terrible time it was to cancel it on Super Saturday because there are some quality games. There was a great Super Saturday last week, uh, the Roosters-Penrith games with Melbourne and Storm. Just a great double header there and the Warriors upset to start that round. So I had a great time watching the Saturday football last week. This week from 3pm, the action kicks off from the Rabbitohs versus the Gold Coast Titans. The Rabbitohs are paying $1.15 um, at all your major betting markets. And if you looked at all the games so far this week, you can see that most of the round is extremely one-sided. Um, it might have been why I'd be able to pick a perfect round, to be honest, last week. Because a lot of these teams, you now know what you're going to get with them. There's not really too many surprising performances at this point of the year. But this game, we could get one because the Gold Coast Titans going up against the Rabbitohs at Seabus Super Stadium... It is a Rabbitohs home game. Obviously, it's the Titans' home ground. The Titans find themselves in seventh position. They've won a few games in a row now. They're building nicely towards potentially getting into the finals. It's a very important game for them. If they can keep touch with the Rabbitohs in this game, not even win, if they can keep touch with them, they could position themselves to get some much-needed confidence um, against you know a, a stronger team in the NRL. And uh, that, would get, that could give them the confidence to go on and make the finals and... Uh, be the Titans team that a lot of people predicted they would be at the start of the year and, and be competitive in this competition. But they're a long way off that at the moment. They need to cement that final position. And in this game, the Rabbitohs are really starting to play a good brand of football. I think it's now seven, seven games in a row. The, the Rabbitohs have now scored over 30 points. They're hitting form at the right time of the year. Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker were great again last week. Adam Reynolds was really good. He broke the all-time points record for South Sydney, and uh, if you guys know that record, Eric Sims held that record since the early 70s, so it was a great achievement. He pretty much had it for 50 years. He was a great player. Eric Sims used to really dominate when field goals were worth two points instead of what they became one point, and obviously they've gone back to two points in certain situations if you're 40 metres out this year, but uh, it just cements Adam Reynolds' place as one of the greatest Rabbitohs halfbacks of all time, and one of the greatest Rabbitohs of all time. He finds himself second in the overall matches played for South Sydney, and really, it's just a great achievement for Reynolds. He's going to be missed, and he's going to really leave a hole in this Rabbitohs club next year, and I think that him and Wayne Bennett are really trying to prime this Rabbitohs team, get them up, get them ready uh, for, a, for a big finals campaign, which could potentially lead to a premiership. Obviously, they're the third kind of market in betting behind Penrith and Melbourne, but I think this Rabbitohs team are really working towards something special at the moment. Mark Nichols, Tom Burgess, Keon Kalamatungi, they've all had huge seasons in the Ford pack, and I think they're actually playing better this time this year than they were last year, South Sydney. 
And if you remember back in last year, they almost beat Penrith in a preliminary final to get to the grand final. So I think they're better in better shape this year, and I, I reckon they're they're really ready to go for a for a big finals campaign. Cam Murray's playing some good football, which is helping him as well. Benji Marshall's found himself back into the team last week, uh, so he adds a bit of uh, spark if you need it from the bench. This Rabbitohs team, they've got Penrith next week. It's going to be a huge challenge. Can't wait for that contest next Friday night. I think this Titans game is just going to be a bit of a training exercise for them. No offense to the Titans. Um, when you look at how, what they've been doing the last few weeks, they've been starting for feeder off the bench. Um, he's come on and really dominated. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that against CF Sydney in this game. Toby Sexton's played some great football since he's got into first grade. He hasn't lost a game yet. But I just don't see how the, uh, this Titans team has the defensive structures, considering their defense has been so poor at times in 2021 to match it uh, long-term with this South City side because they are just rampaging through the lesser teams so far this season, and I think that's going to continue. In fact, the Rabbitohs have only lost to Penrith and Melbourne all year, and this Titans team, well, they've got some attack in them, and they've got some uh, players like Brimson and and this Greg Marzo, and obviously David Fafita, they can break games open. They might be able to get some points on the board here, but I just don't know how they can stop this relentless attack of the South City Rabbitohs. So I've got the Rabbitohs in this game by 24 points. All right, so the 5.30 game, the second game of Super Saturday, kicks off from 5.30 p.m. from Queensland Country Bank Stadium uh, when the North Queensland Cowboys host the West Tigers. The Cowboys, they're playing uh, like a team that's given up and and uh, looking towards 2022, they really struggled at the start of the year, and at the end of the day, that's what's going to cost them um, from appearing in the finals this year. But the last few weeks, they've really seemed to let their all the good work they've done recently kind of die. They have not been able to keep up with teams. They almost beat the Storm a couple of weeks ago, but uh, last week it was a, it was an awful performance um, against the Titans, and they just found themselves blown off the park after that first 10 to 20 minutes. So they're going to be up for uh, a better performance in front of their home crowd against the West Tigers this weekend. The Tigers, well, they got the win against the Bulldogs last week, but it wasn't prettier. Uh, it wasn't pretty. The less said about that win, the better. These teams are both in positions where they can really, you know, there's not much to gain for either, either one of these teams in the rest of the season. They're building towards next year. The Tigers, every game you think they're going to win, they seem to find a way to lose. And the Cowboys, um, on the positives to them, they find themselves, while they're without Tamalolo this week, they find themselves with Holmes back in the side, Shane Wright's back, Francis Molo's back. So they get a bit of uh, strike power back. And for me, the Tigers just not, are not playing good enough football for them to be considered a favourite at all. Um, I mean, they've got an easy run to finish the year, the Tigers. So if they win all their four remaining t- games, they find themselves just short of the eight. But um, And that might take some pressure off the likes of Luke Brooks and Michael Maguire. But for me, I can't back a team that can barely beat the Bulldogs. And I think the Cowboys in this game are a great price. I think they're paying well. Uh, Tom Dearden now has not won a game as a starting halfback for about 25 games. So he needs a win. The Cowboys need a win. I think they're going to get it this week because the Tigers, they're all over the place. And unfortunately, I think that this game and some other games at the end of the year could cost Michael Maguire his job because I think this Cowboys team is going to be looking for a big game in in, um, in front of their home crowd. 
Helium Lukey has played really good football with his limited chances in first grade. He finds himself back in the team this week. He's back into a starting role with Tamalolo out. I just think that this Cowboys team's got more strike um, than this than this Tigers team has currently. And even the likes of uh, of Jake Greenville, who finds himself in the centres this week, he's shown his versatility. Scott Drinkwater's still playing good football despite their mediocre season. And if they can link up well with Valentine Holmes, then I think that the Cowboys got some points in them. Um, and while Adam Dewey's really playing well for the West Tigers, I just think they're looking towards next year and they're looking to some key personal name, personnel changes at their club. And I just don't think they're going to rise to the occasion. So I've got the Cowboys by six points. They are my upset of the week. They are my special of the week. I've tipped the Warriors to upset uh, the Sharks last week. Two weeks ago, I tipped the Roosters to bet the Eels. If you guys want an upset, get on this game because I think the Cowboys are absolute specials at $2.40 to, to beat this Tigers team. And the 7.30 game on Super Saturday is easily the most important game of the night. The Manly Seagulls hosting the Parramatta Eels from the Sunshine Coast Stadium up there in Queensland. And Manly, they're playing much better footy than Parramatta at the moment. It was a good performance against the Storm. Um, they played aggressive. They really uh, put the Storm to the to shield at, at key moments in that game. It was a great intercept try by Jason Sarv to tie it up. I was getting really excited when it was 8-0, but... It just shows you the class of this Melbourne Storm side. They dusted themselves off and they got back in the game. But mainly going to take a lot of confidence out of that loss. They they took it to a team that a lot of people consider to be unbeatable at the moment. They do welcome back a few key men this week. Guys like Curtis Sirenin, um, Kay Cuss, Ben Troyovich all find themselves around the first grade side this week. And this Parramatta side, well, they're just looking for answers at the moment because... Uh, last week and the last month of football has not gone the way they wanted it at all. They were completely outclassed against South Sydney um, in that 40-12 loss last Friday night. Mitchell Moses finds himself back in the side, but he could not really change the momentum. And a lot of these guys got to be looking at themselves. Brad Arthur finds himself under pressure as a coach. Clint Gufson's not getting involved like he was early in the year. They've lost Reed Marnie, so Joey Lustig's got to come in and do a job for him. Isaiah Papalihi finds himself in the front row. They've just got to get more impact out of their players at the moment. And I think that the key to that is the Haas, Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown. Jacob Arthur got a lot of criticism when he was in third grade um, a few weeks ago uh, for not being able to control a match. Well, Mitchell Moses didn't do much last week, I'll tell you that. And it's, and I know I'm, if you've listened to the show, you know I'm not the biggest fan of him in big matches. This is a big match situation and if he's really going to be worth almost a million dollars a year uh, for the next four years or five years, the deal that the Eels offered him, he needs to show his worth in this game. Dylan Brown, he's got one try assist this year starting 5-8. It was his job with Jacob Arthur to control the team. So I think Arthur's got some unfair criticism. He might not be ready for first grade, but Dylan Brown, I'm starting to question if he's the guy going forward to get this this elusive premiership for the Eels in at the 5-8 position. They have a good team, and when they play well together, they they find themselves winning a majority of matches, Parramatta, but they don't have that next factor. Um, their defensive structures are weak, and a lot of times they phase in and out of contest. They need to fix it, and they need to fix it fast because this top four position is slipping away, and if they don't make the top four, they could find themselves in a sudden-death situation in week one of the finals where they come up against a team like the Newcastle Knights. And if the Eagles and the Knights are playing each other this round, I'm tipping Newcastle to beat them. And that would mean Parramatta would be eliminated week one of the finals. So they need a huge performance. They need to come out. They need to show um, 
do good on the faith that uh, the fans have showed them and, and to prove that they're not pretenders and they still have plenty to offer this season. But at the moment, 2021 seems to be slipping away from Parramatta and they need to change their fortunes quickly. They're versing a, a side that's got so much confidence at the moment. Tom Shorovic, you know, he's the superstar of the NRL. Um, he's the game's best player. He's the shoe-in for the Dalian medal. But it's not just him. Guys like Harper... Parker, Garrick, Four, and Cherry Evans all starting to play good football. You've got the electric Olaquatu and Josh Schuster in, in the second rows there. I just think this, uh, this Manly Seagulls side is playing with so much more confidence than Parramatta at the moment, and I think that this could get really ugly for Parramatta. They've really got to find something this week. Some heart. Manly an old rival of Parramatta. They're, they've got that that huge um, and rich history of rivalry, but they need to find something. They need to find what they had early in the year, Parramatta, because it could get very ugly if they don't this week. I've got Manly by 18 points, and, you know, if I'm a Parramatta fan, I'm, I'm hoping it's only 18, and I'm hoping it's less, because I'm hoping Parramatta can show why they're a top-four team, why they've been a top-four team all year before they find themselves out of the top four. Manly by 18 for me in this contest. All right, and the final two games of the round takes place on Sunday, and at Sunday, 1.50 p.m. Um, the from Morton Daly Stadium, the New Zealand Warriors take on the Canterbury Bulldogs. The Bulldogs, they've loaned a couple of the Raiders players for the next two weeks um, in a beneficial kind of agreement for both sides. Corey Horsburgh and Ryan James come over to the Bulldogs to cover their injury and suspension problems while they get some match fitness for the Raiders. Um, if the Raiders were going to make a run in the postseason, um, then they might be calling on these guys to come and represent them. But it's an interesting tactic for sure. Uh, the Bulldogs, obviously, they were in the game against the Tigers last week. They they fought hard, but couldn't get the job done. They find themselves horribly outclassed uh, against majority of the teams in the NRL. But just like that Tigers game, they're going to consider themselves a, a chance in this game against the Warriors. The Warriors uh, finally got a couple wins uh, together in the last couple of weeks against the Tigers and the Sharks. Um, this is obviously a very winnable game for them as well. They do, uh, they have been really benefited recently again uh, with the return of guys like Fanua Blake and, and Curran um, over the past few weeks. Chanel Tavita, Harris Tavita has been really good for them as well. Bailey Siren and Ewan Aiken have really good, done a good job in the forwards. So uh, they've got a little bit of confidence about them. The Warriors, Reese Walsh is starting to play some good football there at fullback as well. So. Um, I expect them to come fired up in this game. They found a way to win last week with Kane Evans in the sin bin for two weeks. Matt Lodge has been one of their best players over the past month, but obviously both those two gentlemen are not playing this weekend. But I think that the Warriors um, are starting to starting to get somewhere under coach Nathan Brown. And while this isn't going to be their season, they can start building towards a positive 2022. And um, while myself and a lot of other people criticised the departure of RTS early, Roger Tuivavi Shek, their inspirational leader, um, their future looks more promising now than it did a few weeks ago. They're, some of these young guys are starting to play a really good brand of footy. So uh, they still have the problem where their forward pack gets tied too early and it's going to be a good forward pack battle between the Warriors and the Bulldogs. But at the end of the day, I just think that uh, while this is a winnable game for the Bulldogs and one of their rare games where they are in with a chance, um, they couldn't get the job against the, done against the Tigers last week. And I think that the Warriors have a bit too much attack for them um, it's going to be hard to contain the likes of Reese Walsh um, when their forwards start to get tired, the big Bulldogs, and, and Chanel Harris-Tavita, and 
um, some of these other guys. So I've just got the Warriors a bit too strong for the Bulldogs in this contest. I've got the Warriors by 10 points in this one. And the final game of the round from 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon at Morton Daly Stadium, the double header up there in Queensland. The Cronulla Sharks take on the Newcastle Knights. And I mentioned in the Manly Eels game, that game was basically for a top four spot. Um, this game is basically for a top eight spot. The loser of this game could find themselves in an uphill battle to make it. And uh, while I consider both these teams strong team chances to make the finals, it is Newcastle that have been playing the better brand of football. For the first time this year, Kalen Ponga, Jay Clifford, Mitchell Pearce, and Jane Braley will all play together for the Newcastle Knights at the same time. Um, their strongest spine combination, and they all get to play um, together and try to work on that combination heading into the finals. And Pierce has made a big difference in controlling the team since he's come back. Him and Caelan Ponga um, have combined well. The you know the dynamic um, and X factor that that Ponga brings um, has been a welcome addition for him. Brabham Best has been really good since uh, he's came back, and they struggled a little against a little bit against Brisbane last week. Didn't play great football, but at the same time, the longer these time, these guys play together, the more confidence they're going to get. And they're versing a Cronulla Sharks team that were very disappointing in that game against the Warriors last week. Um, I just thought that the Warriors were going to, you know, cause the upset. And But really, uh, I know that we had the Will Chambers brain explosion and he finds himself out of first grade this week. But even taking all that out of play, if the Sharks were serious about a finals uh, spot this year, that's a game they definitely should have won. And I just really continue to question whether their their spine, guys like Connor Tracy and, and Trindle, even though I, I think they're both promising promising futures, and Connor Tracy in particular is a, is a game-breaker, and I really hold him in high regard as a young footballer. But I just question whether these guys are the guys that are going to be able to steer this Cronulla Sharks team into a final spot. Their forwards are up for the battle a lot of times, guys like Hamlin, Ueli, Woods, um, and Tony Rudolph, but for me, they're a little bit lacking in star power and the ability to break a game open. We're hearing rumours of infighting. Josh Henne doesn't have too much experience as a first-grade coach, so I don't know if he's going to be able to keep it focused solely on the job. They shouldn't need any motivation because they're playing for a final spot, but I just think Newcastle have more confidence at the moment, and um, when you look at these teams on paper, they've got the stronger lineup. Their forward pack goes like... Frizzell, he's playing some really good football now since he's come back from injury. The Saifidi brothers, the likes of David Clemmer and uh, Sue from the bench. I just think that the um, the Newcastle Knights have just got a, a team that can do more damage in this finals competition. And Newcastle seem to be a team that, you know, struggling games they should win. But I just think they've got a bit too much star power for this, this Sharks team who are going to do what the Sharks do well. Um, and that's getting to the grind and, and really fight. And that's what they've got to do. If they've got any chance against this Newcastle side, they've got to get in the grind and, and fight um, for every metre um, and really just try to contain the likes of Pierce and Ponga and limit their impact on the game. But I just think Newcastle are going to be too much strength for them at the moment. Will Kennedy's playing some good football for Cronulla, but I've got the Knights in this contest by 10 points. And I think that this game is going to be the game that Newcastle entered the top eight and stay in the top eight for the rest of the year on the back off. So it's a huge game. Cronulla are going to find it really hard to make the finals if they lose this contest here on Sunday afternoon. All right, guys, those are my tips for round 22 of the National Rugby League. And really, when you look at this round, you can see a lot of games that may appear one-sided, but 
Uh, there's still plenty to play for for pretty much every team left in the NRL for the likes of Brisbane and the Bulldogs and the Tigers and these teams that can't make the finals anymore. It's all about showing some positive signs for 2022 and a lot of these guys that are off contract need to prove that they're worthy of a contract extension heading into next year. Obviously, there's teams that are fighting for the eight. They've got plenty to play for. But even teams that are guaranteed a finals appearance um, and you know are not in that battle for those top four spots, teams like Penrith and the Rabbitohs um, and Melbourne, uh, it's all about starting to play some of your best football heading into the finals because it's a hard switch to, to turn on if you're not playing your best football come week one of the finals. You've got to be building towards it. And that's something that I think that both Penrith um, and the Rabbitohs are starting to do really well. Um, Manly, got to be careful. They they may have peaked um, a little bit too early. They need to be able to find a way to keep that intensity going for the rest of the year. I think they would have taken plenty of confidence out of that Melbourne Storm game last weekend. But yeah, for those teams, it's all about continuing that wave of momentum as we head into September. So uh, while it may be a one-sided round on paper, I think that they were going to get um, some really good performances this weekend, and um, some some teams with their efforts may surprise you for sure. So, uh, just to recap my tips for the rounds, I've got the Storm beating the Raiders on Thursday night, the Penrith Panthers being way too strong for, for the Dragons in the first game of Friday Night Football, I've got the Roosters beating Brisbane in the second match on Super Saturday, I've got the Rabbitohs beating the Titans, the Cowboys upsetting the Tigers in my upset of the week. It's my special of the week. Get on if you haven't already. Um, in the third game on Super Saturday, I've got the Manly Seagulls being too strong for the Parramatta. And in the Sunday games, I've got the Warriors beating the Bulldogs and Newcastle beating the Tigers in a bit of a gritty, tight affair down there. Um, so anyway, those are my tips for round 22. Hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast. I'll see you guys next week on the show. Enjoy your rugby league this weekend. And... With all the uh, the COVID situation going on around Australia at the moment, please stay safe and get ready for a big postseason in the world of rugby league. Hey everybody and welcome to the latest edition of Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 23. I'm your host, Stephen Westaway. Massive round of rugby league coming up. We've got a, some huge matches three weeks away from the start of the 2021 finals campaign, including the Rabbitohs versus the Penrith Panthers Second versus third battle. We're going to see it in three weeks. In the first week of the finals, we get an exclusive preview look uh, this weekend, which is going to be crazy. But there's a couple of things I want to address before we get into the round. And the first and most important is uh, the safety of everybody. I mean, if you guys live in Australia at the moment, you know that the new Delta variant of the COVID um, disease has started to spread. And it's been spreading all across the world as well. So I hope everybody's staying safe. If you're like myself and live in New South Wales, which I know a lot of my listeners do, I hope that you guys are, are out there staying safe as well. The whole state has now entered a a lockdown period. Um, us down here in the Illawarra have been in that for quite some time, and obviously big parts of Sydney have been as well. But uh, we've had only over 600 new cases today, so please, everybody, stay safe out there. Don't take unnecessary risk, and I hope you guys have an avenue um, where you can uh, stay sane and and get through this together, and we can get through it as a community, and and hopefully get back to some sort of normality coming up in the future at some point. I mean, this podcast for myself is an avenue where I get to express myself and, and talk about the things I love in terms of rugby league. My other podcast, uh, my movie podcast, is really an avenue there. So these are things that I do to to keep sane, and obviously the movie one stopped because me and my co-host haven't been able to record together in person, but I'm glad to keep this one going, and I hope you guys have enjoyed it in 2021 so far. 
Before we get to all the action around 23, I'm going to also have an announcement on the future of the show, and um, that will be coming up in a moment. But before we do that, I just want to take a minute to uh, to send out um, some support and and uh, you know some and some prayers to Andrew Feeder and everything he's been going through since the weekends, um, going to hospital with struggling breathing, um, and uh, he was placed in an induced coma. I believe it was Sunday night that he was in pla- uh, placed in that induced coma. So uh, he had surgery yesterday. It was successful. So. Um, I hope it's a full recovery for him, whether that means Andrew Fita has a, a future Cronulla Sharks uh, in terms of playing rugby league again is is undecided and uh, unconfirmed, obviously, but we hope he makes a full recovery. We sh- uh, I'm sure that he will, and I'm sure he will be involved in rugby league again in some way. And when I think of Andrew Fita, I think of uh, two things that come to mind straight away. The first one, of course, is the grand final in 2016 where the, uh, the Melbourne Storm... Got over the top of uh, of uh, well, the Sharks beat the Melbourne Storm to win their maiden and only premiership. And his form in that 2016 season was absolutely outstanding. And obviously, it cemented his legacy when he scored a try in that fantastic narrow win in that Korean final for Cronulla. He scored the match winning try, so that'll be remembered forever. Um, and in 26, uh, 2017, game one of State of Origin, I believe the New South Wales Blues beat the Queensland Maroons 28. Four up there in Queensland. It was supposed to be the start of a new era. That didn't happen that year, but Andrew Rafita led from the front in that game. It was an absolutely inspiring performance. And, you know, I know that he's a polarizing figure in rugby league. Some people are big fans, some people aren't. But at the very least, you've got to respect everything he's given to the game to the point where it's looked like, and I don't know whether this is true or not, that his body's, you know, slowly been deteriorating in terms of his back and his knee problems throughout his career but he's been an absolute warrior and i hope and we all hope that you make a full recovery and if you wish to continue your rugby league uh, career i hope you get, get a chance to do that so uh prayers and thoughts out there to andrew Shafida. all right so we're going to get into the into the round shortly i won't keep this for too long but i just want to give you an update on the future of this podcast steve's nrl footy tips now going into 2021 i had plans to you know, really changed how the podcast was ran, and I hope to get a lot of guests in and to provide their opinions. And I managed to get a, a great guest in Matt Cosgrove early in the year, but because of everything that's been going on in this new COVID variant, it just hasn't um, hasn't been able to expand like I've hoped it would. I enjoy doing the podcast. I love our passionate uh, fan base that I've been managed to build over the past two years, and it's been great doing the podcast. But yeah, we just haven't had haven't been able to get the guests um, that I've hoped in the season because of the, the situations in the real world. I am happy to announce that Steve's NRL Fruity Tips will be returning in 2022, but it's going to be a revamped uh, NRL Fruity Tip podcast. There's some changes that I want to make, and uh, some I'm sure you guys really like. Some guys, some of you might not like these changes, but I'm in a position in my life at the moment where, uh, if anything, since the latest spike and since COVID really started. I've gotten busier, if anything. I mean, work uh, in my field has picked up tremendously um, in terms of customers, and um, we've been kept really, really busy throughout the whole pandemic. So um, I'm at a position in my life where I love talking about rugby league. I've got my criticisms of the of the sport as a whole recently, but I still love watching the game. I still love talking about the game, and I'm the kind of guy that you could approach down the street, and I'll talk to rugby league about anyone, uh, with anyone, about anything with anyone. So... Um, 
Yeah, but because of because of how busy I've been and because of the situation that's going on out there, I'm unable to watch every minute of rugby league these days. I can't watch all 80 minutes of all eight games. So next year, what I'm hoping is I'm hoping to get some valued guests and I'm going to be looking for some different opinions and some different opinions to myself so we can get some different insights into rugby league. Hopefully the pandemic allows that. But if not, um, the show will be re- revamped in some other ways anyway. Some other changes I want to make. Um, since this is an NRL fo- footy tipping podcast, and you know I give my tips to you guys every week, and sometimes they're great. Like two weeks ago, I got eight out of eight, and last week I got seven out of eight. Sometimes they're not so great, but really it's just a reason for me to express myself and and talk about my love of the game and all things that are currently happening in the in the sport of rugby league. But uh, in my experience in being in footy tipping comps and seeing uh, how some people tip, it a pattern has occurred in my life, and that's the common person that doesn't have an interest in rugby league and doesn't really know much or anything about the sport of rugby league. They seem to be able to get a lot of tips right. Now, maybe it's because they're not overanalyzing the game, or maybe it's because they're just picking random numbers, but I really get amazed every time I enter a footy tipping comp and see someone that has no experience or, or, or no interest in watching the sport uh, or only know you know a little bit of information about it. They might support a team, but they're not watching the games closely. Um, and sometimes they just go crazy and go fantastic in, in, in footy tips. So what I want to do next year is I want to bring in on board somebody, and I'm going to be looking for this person in the next couple of months that knows absolutely n- very little, absolutely nothing about rugby league. And I want to get their tips every week. Um, I don't know whether they'll be on the show physically, but they're going to give me my tips every week, and we're going to see how they go. It's going to be uh, tips from a non-rugby league fan, and I'm going to compare them against my tips every week. And I wouldn't be surprised in 2022 if the person that knows nothing about rugby league uh, ends up getting more tips correctly um, than someone that absolutely loves the game like myself. So uh, it's going to be an interesting concept. I hope that's one that you guys enjoy and, and put on board. Any feedback about any of these changes, just let me know. The other things that I want to add to um, the show next year not just guests, not just the the tips from a non-rugby league fan, but I also want to, uh, just to not get tired, to keep the show fresh and to keep it interesting for myself, I'm also going to introduce some fortnightly segment, segments and they're going to alternate each week. Now, one of these fortnightly segments is going to be the history of a rugby league legend. We're just going to look back into the career of, of someone I choose, someone that might be relevant for the fortnight or, or someone that... Uh, I would love to talk about, and I'm going to look back at their career, and we're going to talk about their career highlights. I could pick someone like Nathan Highmarsh one week, someone like Andrew Johnson next. We're just going to go through their career um, of some of the rugby league's absolute best, and in the week that I don't do that, uh, I'm going to talk about a classic match. I'm going to look through a classic match in history. I'm going to watch that match, and then we're going to talk about highlights um, and the key moments and, and what impact that classic match had on the history of our great sport. So I hope you guys like all these new segments that I'm just playing with the ideas of introducing to the show next year. It's going to keep the show fresh. It's not going to, you know, I, I love talking about rugby league, but sometimes we can get into a bit of a grind where we're just reviewing the matches and not talking about much else. I want to make it um, exclusive, inclusive and exclusive and, um, and and add a bit of a fresh, freshness to the show that might not have existed um, at certain points this year. So I hope you guys uh, enjoy the changes I'm making. hope you guys stick with me for 2022. But thank you guys for all the support so far this year. Um, in saying all that, please like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. We just jumped past the 600 like mark. Please uh, subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, our podcast and Anchor. And now let's finally get into the round of round 23. We are three weeks away from the finals. 
The action's heating up. There's still some top eight spots up for grabs, and there's still uh, fourth place up to grabs, which means you get two chances uh, come finals time to uh, to make your case to win the premiership. So let's get into all the action of round 23, and it all kicks off this Thursday night.